Hey, hey, listeners! Welcome to The Extra Unordinary, a podcast where extra people talk on ordinary media. My name is Addison, and I have a special guest with me tonight as we discussed all things horror and some things podcast. Her name is Amy. She runs The Bloodlust, which is a horror movie and horror focused podcast. Hi, Amy. How are you tonight? Hello, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for taking time to be here. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so how are you? How are you? Doing pretty good. I mean, tis the season, right? Yeah, right? It's the best season to talk about horror movies because it's all fucking ween. Yeah, this is the only month of the year where I'm not a weirdo. I know, me too. So I relish it. Yeah, I've learned to do that as well. It's like, oh, you have funky hair. Is it for Halloween? No, this is just my personality. It's just how I am. But we fit in this month, which is nice. It's great. So, Amy, you run the Bloodlust. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. The Bloodlust is a podcast that comes out every other week, and we've been around since 2014. And we review horror movies, mostly new stuff. I try to keep the focus on more independent stuff if I can and foreign things. But we do blockbusters, too. You know, we'll be doing Halloween. That'll be our next one. And I've got other co-hosts. We used to be five, but now we're four. And they join me every time, when they can, anyway. But I'm always there. Yes. And, wow, You've been on since 2014. I started listening to you guys, I think, 2016. Nice. Yeah, I found you through Andrew, Andrew Shearer, who I've had on this podcast before. We did an interview back in May, June. I listened to that. Oh, you did? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a journalist, but I didn't want to go to college and get a degree and pay student loans, so... This fills that void. Yeah, cut out the middleman. You don't need it. Nah, I'm doing it's just a smart fine. way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I like doing it. I like the way that I approach it. I'm glad I don't have to work for it. Like when doing things like interviews and this podcast, I'm glad I don't have somebody to work for to do it. It's just me. Yeah, I mean, if you're anything like me, you probably hold yourself to a pretty high standard anyway. So. Yeah, I like to be polished. I'm still getting the hang of things. I'm going to go back and revamp my old episodes soon so they'll sound better than they were because I didn't understand what a limiter was. Neither did I. Yeah. It all takes a while. You know, I haven't listened to our first probably 10 since we did them, and I'm sure that I would be horribly embarrassed now. It's all trial and error, you know? Yeah, I totally get what you mean. Um, It really is trial and error. We have a couple episodes that aren't aired because they're just, they were really bad. Like, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to edit them to sound good. Yeah, and then you got to be careful you don't over edit. I did that for a while. Like, there were no pauses, you know, and it just sounded weird. Yeah, I did that a couple times as well. But it's neat being able to do it all yourself. Yeah, I'm very independent, so, and I don't like having people tell me what to do. Right. 
So that's why I enjoy my podcast and why I enjoy doing pretty much everything creative I do. <laughs> but yeah, that's what about why the podcasts are nice? Yeah, what about you? What made you start the Bloodlust? I wanted to start the show because I listened to some podcasts and I felt like some of them, you know, I liked the rapport between the hosts and I liked the movies they were covering, but I felt like they didn't know very much about movies. And then there were some other podcasts where I felt like they had some really interesting, serious discussions that were pretty smart, but they didn't have a sense of humor. So I figured I wanted to kind of combine them into something that I would like to listen to. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And you know, the rule that I follow is make the art you want to see. Yeah, I'm not very creative, unfortunately. I'm more of a enthusiast than I am a creator. You know, I, I like to appreciate things and consume them, but I'm not good at making new things. So that's why I do this. I talk about them because my favorite thing to do is to tell people about the things that I enjoy. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things too. So that they will enjoy. Yeah, um, I just moved into a new apartment with a couple roommates and I've my roommate, Mark, I have introduced him to so many horror movies. I took him to a haunted house last night, and he never got into horror. So, and he's enjoying the hell out of it, and that's, like, I love it, because it's, I'm introducing somebody to something that I really love. Yeah, that's a really nice, it's a fun experience. And I rarely watch things over again by myself. For me, when I find a movie I really love, and I buy it, it's because I want to show it to other people. And I really enjoy watching something I've seen before with other people because you can kind of relive the first time you saw it through them, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just a blast for me to get people involved in what I like because I feel like there aren't a lot of horror fans that are like me. Like, I don't really like blockbusters. I could go on for about three hours of how much I hate The Conjuring and why I hate it so much. Hey, girl after my own heart. <laughs> no, I was l relentlessly bored during that movie. Oh yeah, every time I see it on a list, naming the best recent horror movies, I automatically, that list goes down in credibility for me. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. If anybody is listening and they like The Conjuring, just let us know why. You know, I think it's, if for a kid, somebody who doesn't know all of the tricks already, or people that aren't horror fans that just want to go and get scared, I'm sure it's effective in that way. Oh, you know, yeah. But not for horror fans, liking it is confusing to me. Because we've seen all of that already. Yeah, and I don't have to be scared to enjoy a horror movie. No. But I can't be bored, and I was bored. Bored for sure. And just, I don't know, I get tired of those jump scares. I get tired of the the ghosts in white face paint with dark circles around their eyes. Like, it's not, it's overdone. 
it's not for grown-ups, you know? Yeah, I'll never understand why those movies are rated R. Yeah, I remember when they were, when The Conjuring was about to come out, and I was hearing, this movie is rated R because it's so scary. There's not even blood or gore or anything. It's just that scary. And I was super psyched for it. Yeah, I was too. And then super disappointed. And I'm sure I would say this is an okay, decent horror movie if it was just, you know, in the same category as Insidious or Ouija or whatever, but it's elevated by people, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either, and I wish I did, because, like, when I talk to people who, quote-unquote, like horror movies, like, they like going to see the big ones that are in theaters. Yeah. I just can't really relate to a lot of them because I don't go to my movie theater very often and I don't see blockbuster horror movies very often like I saw Hereditary and, sure. I, and I fucking love that my cat name my kitten's name is Payman that's delightful he's the best although I really do think I may have conjured a demon all kittens are demons yeah I don't know if you hear that little noise in the back, but that's him. <laughs> I'm sure you'll hear mine at some point. <laughs> anyway, um, so, like, I'm going to see the new uh, Halloween movie this week. The one night I don't have a ticket to Halloween Horror Nights. Wonderful. I'm gonna go and see that, and a lot of that is because I want to listen to your guys' episode. And, like, follow along with it. Well, that's nice. And we're going too, so we'll. I'll be with you in solidarity. Yes, um, I'm very excited for that. Um, I'll be seeing Suspiria, but I don't think that counts as a blockbuster, although they're really marketing it as one. I'm sure people will be real disappointed with that. Then, all the people that are going to see Halloween if they go see Suspiria. Yeah, I think they'll be a bit disappointed, but I'm very excited for it. Oh, me too. That, I told my co-host to go watch it, because we're going to do it as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to see that. I'm way more excited about Suspiria than Halloween. But, uh, I, you know. Me too. I like Judy Greer a lot, and I like Jamie Lee Curtis, so it'll be neat. Plus, you know, that statistic that she tweeted out, that's wonderful. I know. It's so awesome that we have... A woman in her 50s leading a horror movie and it crushing at the box office. That makes me very happy. I'm always pleased when horror movies do well at the box office, even though it means we're going to get a lot more Conjurings and Annabelles and things like that. Still, it's that still means people are going to take chances on lower budget things too. And lower budget directors might be given more money, so it's always good. Yes, I think that's great to do that. And I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. It's quite all right. It's late for me. I go to bed early. I'm an old lady. I I have been going to bed earlier, and I can't seem to pa- get past sleeping after 8 in the fucking morning anymore. <laughs> that's just when I naturally wake up now at 8. Yeah, me too. It's a sign. I'm just getting very old. Yeah, I like naps. I like to sleep. But anyway, back on my train of thought. I, yes, ma'am. I do like it that horror is getting a lot more recognition. Like, And I think Get Out 
the Jordan Peele's movie from last year mm-hmm. was a huge influence of that. Yeah, getting some credibility, especially winning that Oscar. Yeah. Although the Oscar, to me, is not a real big sign of any kind of artistic leaps or anything like that. But that's when you know that mainstream Hollywood is is kind of catching on. Yeah, I think the Oscars have been doing better in recent years with nominating more independent films. Mm-hmm. And films that are kind of, well, unordinary. There you go. Yeah. To tie it in with the name of the podcast. Yeah, but- it's been really good, actually. And not, and not just giving them... Like, last year I wasn't pleased because I'm used to the best movie getting screenplay. Yes. You know, that's usually what they do. If it's really original and interesting, it'll get best screenplay. But having Moonlight win the year before, that was something special. Because that was the rare time when I feel like the best movie actually won. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most of the time I feel like the best movie is not even nominated. But Moonlight was, I think, the best movie I saw that year. So that's almost never happens. Maybe in the 70s some of the best movies won, but... Not since then, I don't think. Yeah. Moonlight, I think, is one of the best movies that's ever been made. You know what else I love? Not to get off topic of horror too far, but Tangerine. Tangerine is such a good movie. I had to watch that because of Andrew's podcast about it, and I ended up loving it. And I think that's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. That movie is so good. And I'm so glad it got so much recognition because of how it was made. It was made on, like, an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And that's just awesome. And I think that's encouraging a whole new generation of filmmakers who don't have much but want to make a movie. So they're not going to be held back anymore. Yeah, it's way easy now. Way easy. When I was making stuff when I was little, I had an old camcorder that you had to carry around the VCR part of it in a bag with, like, a shoulder strap the whole time while you were filming. It was very heavy. Oh, wow. Just for shitty video. And it was so old, my dad took it to one of my school Christmas pageants, and the kids thought they were going to be on TV. Because they didn't know what it was. (laughs) (laughs) I had to tell them no. They were not going to be on the news. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) But it's so easy now. They weigh nothing. Right in the palm of your hand, everyone can do it. Yeah, and I think that is great for horror, and I think a lot of kids nowadays are, because of the way politics are, and I won't get into that very much, But I think a lot of people are getting so frustrated with the political climate and society as a whole that they're channeling it into creativity more. Sure. So I think combined with that and the fact that it's just so easy, I think we'll get a lot of good stuff in the next 10, 15 years at the latest. I think you're right. The more dissatisfied people are with society, the more they want to create art because they're angry, and they need to put that anger somewhere. 
I love French horror movies, and, like, the reason I love it so much, especially with, like, Martyrs and High Tension, like, all Mm -hmm. those movies that came about that time were because of political resistance in France. Yeah, that's a perfect example of people being angry and needing an outlet. Boy, was it violent. Oh, yeah. But, you know... But, yeah. We got martyrs out of it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's... Damn right. That's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Have you seen his other ones? I heard The Tall Man wasn't very good, so I'm gonna skip that. Yeah. I do want to see his next one, which is on my friend's Plex server, so I can watch that at any time. I'm just scared. Because if it's not... I just think it's so hard to outdo martyrs. It's going to be the problem for that guy, unfortunately, I think. His di- I think that was his directorial debut. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he did a good job with, with Ghostland, the most recent one, I thought. Okay. Better than The Tall Man. But it's still, it's not martyrs, you know? It doesn't have that high concept. Yeah, and I love high-concept films. Heck yeah. I'm all about that stuff. So, let's get into that. Um, Okay. What are some of your favorite high-concept films, or just films in general? Any genre? Any genre. Oh, okay. I really love Charlie Kaufman and um, and Spike Jonze, or Charlie Kaufman and Michel Gondry. Some of those movies, that's just, to me, the height of creativity. Oh, yeah. Something like Eternal Sunshine or uh, Synecdoche, New York, that one especially, is just so dense and convoluted and crazy and just layers upon layers upon layers of meta-ness. Even the sets themselves are just mind-blowing. That's one of my favorites, for sure. Or I feel like you can just watch that, you can watch that movie a hundred times and still not completely get it. And I think that's what I like best in general. Something that you can get more from each time that doesn't give you everything it has to give right away, you know? Yeah, I definitely understand. Some of my favorite movies are ones I've watched dozens of times because I just, every time I watch it, I get something new. Yeah. And I think if anybody who listens to your show listens to my show, they already know I'm obsessed with David Lynch, but that's another one. And it's sort of for a different reason. Like Eternal Sunshine and Synecdoche, New York, and Being John Malkovich and Adaptation and stuff, that's something where it's like I can't I can't conceive of someone coming up with something like that, making that story up. And because of that, that to me is really impressive. But then with David Lynch, it's not the same thing. It's not like, where did he come up with it? Because I know where he came up with it. You know, he just plucks things out of his subconscious and doesn't really think too much into it. But to me, those are also amazing because it's almost like you have to you have to figure out a dream. You know, you have to figure out a dream that you had or a dream that somebody else is telling you. Yeah, And I find that really fascinating because you can come up with all kinds of answers. There isn't just, you know, one. So you can get a different thing out of it each time you watch it. So things like 
Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is probably my favorite movie ever. My very favorite. And then I love Blue Velvet, and I love Inland Empire, and I love Fire Walk With Me. So I'd say he's one of my very faves. I also like a lot of 70s movies. 70s is my favorite decade for movies. Oh, yay. Yeah, I love them so much. I grew up on The Godfather, so I've always been a big fan of Francis Ford Coppola and Scorsese also because I'm Italian. (laughs) And because I like 70s movies, and honestly, those guys, I mean, they were the kings of the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I something about 70s filmmaking to me is just so so gritty and so realistic it's very surreal and visceral it's definitely visceral for sure especially like a lot of uh, scorsese violence is is just the harshest violence i can think of think like uh, the end of taxi driver or the scenes in raging bull like the fight scenes and stuff they're just the violence is so realistic just because it's quick and gross and dirty you know what I mean? It's not um, romanticized like a John Woo film or something. Yeah, exactly. It's really violence that makes you uncomfortable rather mm-hmm. than titillates you, for lack of a better word. Right, which is how you should show violence, something that makes you uncomfortable like it does in real life. Yeah. Unless you're a creep. <laughs> No, I get very uncomfortable with, like, tense moments in real life. So, violence, watching extreme violence in a movie, even though I like to seek it out sometimes, like, you know, I've watched Martyrs probably more than any sane human should, (laughs) because I, and I don't even know why I like it, it just, I think it's just my perfect horror movie. Well, it's super well done, you know, the the gore is realistic, but... It looks real, but it's it's cartoony enough, you know, and it's original, and it's fast-paced, and the acting is good. I mean, what's not to like about it? Plus, it's got that extra layer of, you know, metaphysical creepiness, plus the existential open-ended ending. Yeah. It's awesome. It is so cool. And I just hope one day I could make something as perfect as that for someone as that movie was for me yeah it's it's nice when you find something and you're like wow this was just this was just perfect i feel like that about um about the movie first reformed that came out this year i have not watched that yet but i've heard nothing but good things about it it's definitely depressing so you better be in a pretty good mood when you watch it but it's I've never watched a movie where I felt so much like, oh, that, if I made something, I'd want it to be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It spoke to me. Yeah, I have to, like, I have to choose when to watch depressing things. Like, I've been watching uh, Haunting of Hill House, the new Netflix Yeah, me too. From Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Who I like a lot. And I've had to watch, I've kind of had to go in between uh, episodes of that and watching episodes of Big Mouth. Yeah, like, that'd be a good after, a palate cleanser for After Hill House. Yeah, just because it's so tense. I don't think it's 
very scary, but it's intense. And it's sad. It's so sad. It's kind of like uh, the Babadook in that it's also about grieving and how people deal with debt and families. Yeah, and I really, I really discovered my true horror self, if you will. I really like horror movies that are just scary dramas. Right, right. Scary, emotional dramas. That's exactly what Hereditary is. Yeah, I love that movie. I loved Mother. Me too. Yeah. I thought that, that movie was just unfairly denigrated, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. I hate that everyone shat on that movie. Made me real bummed out. It makes me really upset. Because I like movies that incorporate insanity. Oh, yeah, me too. Like It's scary. Yeah. Or it can be. I mean, I have really bad dreams sometimes that mm-hmm. really affect me. So when I see a movie that really uh, does a nightmare so well, like Mother mm. did, like Hereditary did for two recent examples, but a lot like Eraserhead or The Shining even mm-hmm. did for some older movies in the original Suspiria. Something, yeah, nightmare imagery. Yeah, something that just creates a living nightmare. I just think is so cool and so fascinating. To be able to do that, too. It's not easy, you know, for a film to pull that off. But when it works, it's really affecting. Oh, I almost had a panic attack during Mother. I can see that. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't been as tense watching a movie since probably Gravity in the theater as I was with Mother. I was just anxious and upset the entire time. Yeah, that was an introvert's worst nightmare. <laughs> yes, yes. God. Ugh. I can't even think about it. Yeah. I have not watched it again, have you? I've watched it about four times. Have you? Yeah. Oh, you're very brave. <laughs> it's actually my new Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids, gather around. Um, yeah, I say... Well, it is religious. It's religious and Jesus is born. Yes, Jesus is born. <laughs> it's a Christmas and Easter movie all in one. Exactly. Yeah, um, we did it for my podcast. That was one of the earlier episodes. Oh, great. Yeah, I definitely have to go and revamp that one because the audio is awful, but what can you do? I think it was like yeah. my third or fourth episode. It makes me kind of sad on our show that we did movies like Martyrs and The Duke and, well, those two in particular, movies that I really love, we did them early on, you know, when we weren't comfortable. No, I, I sort of wish I could do them again. Yeah, I actually go back and listen to your old episodes. Oh, God. I would be scared. I'd be scared to listen to them. No, they're good. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I actually, I'm not... I can't download them on iTunes, like the really old ones, so I just downloaded them to my computer and uploaded them to my phone. Cause I like oh, wonderful. During my commute and stuff. Yeah, commutes are what really got me into podcasts. Yeah, I mean, It's too. the only thing that makes them worthwhile. Or bearable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I listen to your podcast, I listen to Andrew's podcast, I listen to The Binge. Listening to Andrew's podcast is just 
brought me to so many other different cool ones that I love and listen to all the time. And Andrew's got wonderful taste too, and he knows everything. Yeah, he does. He is such he is such a talented person and he's such an amazing friend. Yeah, such a nice dude. Oh yeah, like anytime anybody talks about Andrew, they just like especially women, like women will say he is like the most feminist person on planet Earth. And he really is. That's great. You know, he's really he's really helped a lot of people connect with each other and he's helped people be creative and you know, people like that are hard to come by. Yeah, I um going to the Gonzorific movie show in a couple weeks. This will be my Oh, wonderful. Year. Yeah. How exciting. I wish I could go. It's about an hour and a half drive for me. Is it really? Yeah. Well, it's worth it, I guess. Huh? Oh, no, it's so worth it cuz I know a lot of the people who are in his movies like we're friends. That oh, that's great. Have you ever been in one? Uh, yes, I was in one last year. Oh, that's so cool. It was called, what was it called? And then the werewolf turned into a person. <laughs> and it was dialogue that his four-year-old had said. He collected dialogue that his four-year-old had said over the past year and put them into a movie script. That's great. Well, the stuff that he puts on Facebook that she says is always pretty funny. Yeah, it's so cute. I'm just like. Did you get to be the werewolf? No. Um, I made the movie with filmmaker, actress, and burlesque dancer, Dee Floward. We actually used to, um, we were actually in a Harry Potter-themed burlesque show a few years back. What? How cool is that? Yeah, that was pretty fucking awesome. Um, she did a Rita Skeeter peel, and I was a stagehand slash Death Eater. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that was- I love it. That was a lot of fun. Rita Skeeter, that's a deep cut HP person to be. I love it. Yeah, it was it was really great. <laughs> and she just has such a euphoric presence on stage and she really pulled it off excellently. I bet that would be really fun. One of these days I'm gonna have to come down, or one of these years I'm gonna have to come down and see Gonzorific. It'll oh, be awesome. Definitely do it. I He'll show you around Athens. You can come down to Atlanta. I'll show you around Atlanta. Excellent. I will hold you to that. Oh, yeah, of course. But anyway, back on to the subject of movies. Yes, ma'am. So what are some good questions I can ask you that my sleep-deprived brain isn't thinking of right now? Oh. <laughs> uh, what got you started into horror? Oh, man. I, uh, I have older siblings by a lot. And my parents, even though I was born in the 80s, are, for all intents and purposes, 70s parents. So 70s parents were a lot more uh, laissez-faire with their children. You know, they just kind of let them be and they were fine. They didn't have training wheels. They didn't have helmets. It was just, you know, let the kids do what they want. There was no PG-13. You know, things were just R or PG, even though there were boobies or whatever. Yeah. So my parents didn't really give a rip what I watched. And my brother and sister, being 10 years older than me, were watching a lot of horror movies, you know, when they were teens. And like I said, we watched a lot of 70s movies as well. 
So there were a lot of 70s horror movies. Like I watched The Exorcist when I was very young. I was probably in kindergarten. I remember watching it in a hotel on a um, out of town for a wrestling tournament because my dad was a wrestling coach and my brother wrestled. So being a little kid, my brother's in high school, and my sister is probably late junior high, and I was like five, and we watched The Exorcist. And uh, I remember watching Don't Look Now, which is a wonderful 70s horror film with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. I watched that I watched. recently. I really enjoyed it. Isn't it a great movie? Oh, yeah. It's that- one of my very favorites. Just a beautiful movie. But I had a little little kid panic attack watching that <laughs> when I was probably seven or eight years old just because, you know, it's, it's pretty scary at the end. Yeah, it is. That whole I- concept, and we won't spoil it, for people who haven't seen it, however, I do want to talk about it on a regular episode one day. The whole concept of what it's about is just absolutely terrifying to me. Totally. Totally. And it's it's done so well. And I couldn't appreciate it then. I just was scared of the ending. But I had to be, like, taken out of the room. And, you know, my mom took me in the bathroom, put a cold washcloth on the back of my neck and stuff. Like, I flipped out. Aww. But I think part of it was just seeing how much I could, I could take. You know, I wanted to prove to my my siblings that I could, I could hang. So I would, I would try and, you know, subject myself to stuff. And it, it was through them at first. But then, you know, I watched a lot of. I was a pretty nerdy little kid, and I watched a lot of movies, and I watched a lot of stuff on cable. You know, so I got a lot of the shit movies as well. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of the, the shitty movies too. So I have an appreciation for those as well. And I think maybe that's why I like horror above other genres. Because to me, if a drama or a comedy is bad, it's not enjoyable. But if a horror movie is bad, for some reason, it's still good. You know? Yeah. There isn't another genre I can think of that's like that. Maybe sci-fi, but they sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. So you can enjoy a horror movie no matter what, you know, which I think is very nice and handy. I don't like to waste my time. Yeah, I agree. There are too many good movies out there in the world for me to watch bad ones. Right. And if you got to watch a bad one, it better be a horror movie. Otherwise, it's going to be boring. Oh, yeah, and I watch, like, a ton of bad horror movies that I like. But, you know, horror movies that just have bad acting, ridiculously fake blood, a convoluted or barely there plot. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fun. Well, how did you get into horror? I, uh, this will get deep, but I've always had really bad anxiety, even as a kid. Mm -hmm. And watching horror movies, like, I think some of my earliest horror movies, uh, the Sleepy Hollow movie that Tim Burton did with Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. I watched that a lot and I really liked it, but I haven't watched it in a while. Um, I like the Friday the 13th movies. I always like going to haunted houses and doing stuff like that. I just like to be scared because it took a lot of the anxiety I was dealing with in my life 
and focused it on something else that I could manage. Sure, that makes sense. And it's still like that today. Like, I'll have a stressful day, and then I'll look up, what is the scariest movie I can watch on Netflix? Right. And I'll just take my mind off it. Like, I work in customer service now. I oh, have, man. I have you have my sh- condolences. I have some shitty days. I bet. Worse, I work in a call center, so. Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> well, I'll keep you in my thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Listen, it's actually not that bad most of the time. I do email. Well, that's good, because I, I hear a lot of hear a lot of people being mean on the phone, and it makes me upset. I'm the kind of person that a telemarketer will call and I can pretty much get talked into anything. Don't don't spread that around, but yeah. <laughs> no, I won't spread that around. Yeah, I I usually just hang up the phone. Now, used to, I would fall for stuff, but now I just hang up the phone, not because I want to be mean, but because I just don't have time. I wish I could do that. One day, I hope to stop being so nice. Yeah. Because somehow now I'm a sustaining member of PBS. I don't even watch television, and I'm a sustaining member of PBS. Because somebody came to my house. If you come to my house, I'll just probably give you money for whatever. Okay, I definitely need a visit. Right? (laughs) I gave the Boy Scouts $20 the other day, because that was all the bills I had, and they were selling popcorn. I couldn't even eat the popcorn. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. That's a great reason to watch horror. I think a lot of people watch it for that reason. Yeah, and I, just, I used to have bad nightmares as well. And sleep paralysis and stuff. So maybe that was part of it too. Or maybe that was because I watched a lot of horror. Who knows? It's hard to say which came first. Yeah, I've never I don't think I've ever dealt with sleep paralysis, but I am interested in it. It sure is scary. Yeah. And also sort of a buzzkill, because you think, oh, I've had all these paranormal experiences, and then you read about sleep paralysis and realize, no, everybody has these. It's a thing. Yeah. But where did they come from? It's so weird. It's creepy and fun. I used to enjoy it, honestly. Really? Yeah, some of my dreams were pretty cool. And I was good at, um, I was good at waking up. I was good at making myself wake up if I didn't like my dream. Oh, that's I mean, the sleep paralysis part was not pleasant, but the nightmares were kind of cool. Yeah, like, I get a lot of inspiration from bad dreams. Yeah, for sure. So, If I was creative, I would do that, too. Honestly, I think everybody has the ability to be creative. I just think a lot of people are scared. It could be true. And I know that because I'm scared of being creative. I'm, like, I'm terrified of it. It's hard to put yourself out there. It is. But I what think... What kind of stuff do you like to do? Do you write things? I write. Um, yeah? I've been, work- for the past several years, and I'm just finally figuring out where I want to go with it. I've been writing a, um urban fantasy series. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it was about, it was used to be about superheroes, but now, like, it's more about witches and stuff. Ah. Yeah. I think that's smart, because I'm reaching 
maximum superhero saturation over here. I don't I th- know about you. I think most people are, oh, I definitely am. Yeah. Witches are where it's at, though. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of research, and I've been writing that. I write uh, some horror stories and some sci-fi stuff, like sci-fi horror. Uh, um, I love sci-fi. Yeah, I wrote one um, a couple years ago about uh, a woman who gets sexually assaulted by a rogue humanoid, like robot, like ex machina type thing. Oh, like a cyborg. Yeah. And she seeks revenge on the people who programmed it. Sounds cool. And that was a lot of fun and helped me get out a lot of uh, steam for what was going around politically. Sure. Um, right now I'm trying to write a ghost story as well. I love a ghost story. I just love ghosts. I think they are, um, some are scary, but I think all are powerful because they represent something. You can make a ghost story, you can make a ghost story into a romance or into a thriller or into a, you know, straight horror or whatever. There's, you can go a lot of different ways with a ghost story. Yeah, I'd like to do, um, like I said, I love family drama, so I might do something like that. There you go. And then you should narrate it and make a podcast of it. Actually, what I want to do with my series and pretty much everything I write is I actually want to set it up to be like a production, like hire voice actors. Cool. Yeah. Do stuff like that. Well, I will help you if you want. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. I like to narrate things. If anyone needs... If anyone wants me to narrate for them, I would like to. Yeah. That's my secret dream job. I I will definitely take you up on that. Um, Great. Especially... I would like to... Oh, go ahead. Especially for, like, my more scary things. Yay! I would like to be... My ultimate dream narration job would be something like Deadly Women on Investigation Discovery. You that know? Would be Do you know that so... program? Yeah. Wonderful. They have the best narration on those shows. They do. They're always so salacious and crazy. You know. Yeah. I, she only cared about one thing. Murder. It would just be such a fun job. Yeah, and you have a perfect voice for narration. I hope. I hope one day. Because wouldn't it be just the most wonderful thing? Because you could just sit in your house in your pajamas talking. And that would be your job. The dream. Yes. Hoping to... In my pajamas with my cat hoodie. Oh, do you have one of those hoodies where your cat gets in it? Yep. I'm thinking about getting one. Oh, it's a it's a great purchase. You will not regret it. Payman likes to snuggle, but Linus does not. I only have one kitty who's ever enjoyed the pouch, but he sure loves it. Aw. He just rides around in there, doing, doing the dishes, cleaning up. He's just in there. Oh, that's so cute. It's wonderful. Yeah, I just... My kitten absolutely loves to cuddle. He'll, that's why he bugs me in the morning, because he just wants his morning cuddles. Ah, uh, I see. It's hard to get mad about that. Yeah, and then I'll just let him in, and then I'll jump on me, and like he'll put the top of my, his head underneath my chin. Oh. Yeah, it is too cute for words. I would die. It It is precious, and he is very fluffy. Little floof? Yeah, he is such a little floof. 
I love a floof. Does he have ear hair? He has little mutton chops. Yay, I love that. <gasps> and they're gray, and he's a black cat. It's so cute. Really? Yeah. Like a little old president. I know. A little Millard Fillmore. <laughs> oh, that's going to be his new nickname. Little Millard. Little Millard. <laughs> I call him Little Payment all the time. I love it. Yeah. My cat's Big Thomas. Oh. Listeners, we love cats and we hope you do too. I hope you love cats. If you know what's good for you, you will. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love cats? Only people who have never had a cat. Exactly. I didn't like cats until I got a cat. Most people don't like them until they live with one, and then they understand. Well, it is... Cats are just perfect because they love to snuggle, but they're independent enough where you're not having to monitor them all the time or feel bad if you're leaving them at home for an extended period of time. Right, because they don't, they don't mind that much. Yeah, they like their solid, uh, solitary co- confinement. That was a bad word, but they like to be alone. Yeah, they don't mind it. Yeah. They're just pleased to see you when you come home. Do your cats watch horror movies with you? Mm, Big Tommy pretty much just watches his stories. <laughs> so uh, sometimes when I finish editing or if I'm like on my computer and Thomas comes up, then I put on YouTube videos of birds and mice and stuff. Oh, that's so funny. And he loves that, but no, he will not watch anything else. Sometimes he runs away if it's scary sounding music because he's easily startled. But he's just as um, afraid of that as he is me clipping my nails. So, Yeah, cats aren't very good gauges of scared. No, no. If you sneeze, I mean, he loses his mind, so. This might get edited out, but sometimes when I fart really loud in front of Payman, he gets very startled and tries to investigate it. That's wonderful. (laughs) It is quite cute. My big old dog used to fart and wake herself up sometimes. Aww. And be confused. She farted a lot, though, and didn't wake herself up, but sometimes it would be loud enough she'd wake herself up. (laughs) She's a flatulent dog. That's so funny. Anyway, back on the subject of movies, because I can get, I can talk about cats all day long. You and me both, sister. Yeah. Um, so, you love David Lynch, um, and one of your loves is Twin Peaks. Oh, heck yeah. Are you a Twin Peaks fan, too? I have watched the first season, and I really, really enjoyed it. Do you have plans to watch more? Of course. Two can be a slug. But you gotta hang in there. There are some great episodes in season two, even though on the whole it gets a little weird. Okay. But not like the good kind of weird that we like and come to expect from him. Yeah. But yes, I've I've loved David Lynch for a long time. My brother got me into him. And actually, Blue Velvet, I almost watched in an appropriate age. I was in high school, so better than some of my other ones. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember watching that and having to keep turning down the volume. So my mom was in the kitchen and I was in the living room. And, you know, Frank Booth is saying a bunch of horrible things. Yeah. I was mortified and just hoping and praying they didn't walk in when Isabella Rossellini is, like, walking naked up a lawn. Yeah, he he does some really creepy shit. 
That is, um, Dennis Hopper's character in that is just about the scariest villain I can think of. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, one of the first, like, because, like, when I was a teenager, young teenager, I enjoyed slashers. Like, every teenager. Sure. They're made for teens. Yeah. But, like, when I turned around 15, I got kind of tired of that Mm -hmm. for the most part. So I went to get stuff that was a bit weird and off the beaten path. Like, I think some of my Google searches were, like, the most violent movies of all time, the most disturbing movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I went to my library to pick up some books, and they had DVDs that you could check out, and yeah. Eraserhead was one of them. Oh, that's great. I took that home, I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? And became a huge David Lynch fan. So your first experience with him was Eraserhead. Yeah. That's a tough way to start. It's a it's a doozy. It's throwing you in the deep end. Yeah. I first saw that, when, how old was I then? I was probably in high school when I saw Eraserhead also, but it was really hard to find at that time because it wasn't released on DVD yet. So I knew somebody who worked at a video store who had a copy that was his own, and he let me borrow it. That's that so was the cool. only way I was able to see it. Yeah, I'm really fortunate I grew up in the age of like streaming and stuff. I remember- Oh, to- heck yeah. Remember, like, ten years ago, nobody thought that um, streaming on Netflix would catch on. Yeah, people were weird about it. But, like, it had so many good horror movies and stuff. Like, I watched um, Three Extremes with the dumplings on it. I thought that was one of the coolest things I ever saw. Yeah. They used to have a lot of great horror movies on Netflix. And stuff, they had stuff on there for years. Yeah. Yeah. Just recently, they started taking a lot of things off to make room for their originals. Yeah, and I don't mind their originals. I think most of them are pretty good. Yeah, I've watched a lot of them and like them. And Haunting of Hill House is great. It's nice that they're giving they're giving people money, you know? Yeah. Giving Jeremy Saulnier money. Giving um, whoever... Bruckner? David Bruckner? Is that who made The Ritual? Yes. Giving him money? It's great. Annihilation, too. That was uh, released in a... In the UK, that was released on Netflix. Oh, yeah. The theater. I still need to watch it. I've been trying... it. I know I have to be in a certain mood to really grasp it. It's not... It's not crazy. I mean, if you if you can handle something like... If you can handle something like Eraserhead, it'll be easy for you. You don't have to be, like, in that kind of mood. Okay. It's not, it's not that crazy. Okay, I didn't know if it was, like, depressing or trippy. Because I've been trying to avoid spoilers at all costs. It's trippy, and it's not depressing. Okay. And it'd be fine to watch when you don't feel like thinking too much. Okay, perfect. It's very visually stunning. I have two flights in the next week, so... Well, there you go. It'll be good. It's one of my favorites of 2018 so far. Cool. What happened uh, besides Annihilation and First Reform would have been some of your favorites? I liked Thoroughbreds a lot. I thought that was very good. That was with um, Anya Taylor-Joy and Olivia Cook. It was like a dark comedy. And Anton Yelkin. Yeah, I really liked that one, too. I thought it was good, and it was a lot... It had a lot more pathos than I thought it was going to have. I thought it was going to be more like Heather's. 
but it, it wasn't. It had more heart than that. And I, I enjoyed the miseducation of Cameron Post. I thought that was very good. It was um, that one got me in the feels. Oh yeah. So did uh, so did the writer. That was a really good movie. This is these are not a lot of horror movies. Uh, this year wasn't great for horror movies. I don't think. No, I don't. I liked Annihilation, but it was it was very sci-fi. You know, I loved Hereditary. I thought that was very good, and I liked The Endless, the one by um, the... Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. I thought that was good. Yeah, that one was great. And The Ritual. I thought that was pretty good. There haven't been a lot of horror movies that have blown my mind this year. I really enjoyed Mandy, but I don't oh, know if yeah. I would call that a horror movie. I mean, it's it's gory, and it's it's violent and stuff. It's very psychedelic, though. It is psychedelic. It's like a crazy, psychedelic revenge picture. I guess that fits the bill enough for horror. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people consider Irreversible as horror. It's horrific, that's for sure. Yeah. All of these things, all these lines and genres are arbitrary yeah i just we need a venn diagram for genres not so much labels right yeah i will create I that, that venn diagram someone needs to all of the different genres and where they intersect and i th- that's what i'm really thankful about um horror getting more long format stuff like haunting of hill house and even american horror story mm-hmm. in some cases even though I've not kept up with American Horror Story in quite a few years. It's gotten pretty silly. Yeah. It's pretty silly, but I think that, yeah, horror TV is getting is getting pretty good. Anthology-style horror TV. You know, Blumhouse is getting in on it now. They had Castle Rock. That's not an anthology style. That's a series. But I think um, I think there's a, there's a ready-made following. People like that stuff. Yeah. And, um... TV shows that are based off of podcasts, like creepypastas and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of them, but when my friends do, they love them. Channel Zero is great. Oh yeah, that's what it's called. I do need to watch that. I liked it a lot. I think it's really cool. And they have really interesting filmmakers run the show each season, a different one every time. So they each have kind of a distinct feel. They're cool. You know, and there's going to be Jordan Peele's rebooting The Twilight Zone, so that'll be coming out soon. I'm so excited for that. I've always loved The Twilight Zone. Plus, I really love Black Mirror, and that's coming back. Oh, yeah. Creepy Anthology TV is thriving right now. Yeah, and I do think that kind of ties in with, like, the anxiety and political discourse. I think people need to escape from it, and I think a lot of that escape is through something that makes them anxious. Yeah, I think you're right. Horror always thrives when there's times of political unease. Yeah. Like, which is a, a lovely side effect. If we have to have times like this, at least we're getting good art out of it. Of course. And, you know, we can't control... Well, we can vote. Vote, people! Yes, very important. We can't control other people and... That's something I think a lot of people struggle with coming to terms with, especially when it comes to politics. Yeah. So I think they like to have, they like to be scared, but they want it to be controlled. Yeah, I think that's very true. And you know, I love to be scared. I'm spending a thousand dollars to go to Orlando to be scared. That's very impressive. 
I hope that you have a full rundown of every house. Um, I'd be very interested. There are 12 houses. Mm-hmm. I actually am planning on having, um, uh, doing an episode on it. Wonderful. Even, even if it's just me or like a blog post, even. However you do it, I would love a, an overview of what the houses are like. There's a poltergeist house. That would be my number one one I want to see, and I heard that's the best one this year. Yeah, I'm excited for the Stranger Things one because mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Um, they filmed that here. I actually know quite a few people who work on it. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they film all around Georgia. Um, I don't know if you saw that ad for it for the season three that was at the mall. No. Anyway, they did a um, like kind of just a commercial for it mm-hmm. that took place at like a totally 80s mall. Yeah. And that was the mall I grew up going to. Really? Yeah. And did they, like, make it look all retro like it was when you were a kid? They didn't have to try very hard, but yes. That's great. Yeah, it was a very old, outdated mall, and them using it for filming purposes is probably the best use it's gotten in well over a decade. Sure. I was just looking at a mall when I was stuck in traffic on my way home tonight that's kind of being reclaimed by nature. Yeah. The parking lot's mostly grass now oh wow it's the way of the world so haunted houses you are a fan of haunted houses right yes i haven't gone to any this year which makes me sad but i have to at some point before halloween yeah um i went with my roommate mark to haunted house here and outside of atlanta called netherworld Mm -hmm. it's actually one of the most famous haunted houses in the world Oh, cool. Yeah, I I worked there for a few weeks when I was 18. That is very neat. Yeah. Um, And they just moved to a new, bigger location. And I swear to God, it took like 45 minutes to go through it. Well, that is great. Because usually it's pretty fast and they're very expensive. Yeah. We paid $55 so we wouldn't have to wait in line for four hours. Okay. And him and I both thought it was worth it, like... 45 minutes was just one house, and there were two. The other took about 15 to 20. Wow, that's still pretty good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And are there a lot of them in your area? Is that a fun thing or a popular thing to do there? There are quite a few here, but um, there used to be one called Chamber of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an 18 plus one. Oh, that sounds all right. That was fun. They're, like, you would go in and, like, they would curse at you the plot line was really really violent and awful like horrific um and there would be women running around in panties and pasties sure sure and the crowning achievement was one time i went they had dildos hanging from the ceiling (laughs) that squirted water out that's great oh it's fucking incredible you had to run through a gauntlet of dildos. Yeah, it was so great. What happened to it? The venue they set up at uh, got closed down to make luxury apartment buildings. Oh, I see. Yeah, the luxury condos. Yeah. That's what they're putting in all the abandoned mall sites. Exactly. Luxury condos that nobody can afford. Right. Anyway, uh, before I get into a uh, late-stage capitalism rant... <laughs> which I have done quite a few times on my show. Well, you tell him. 
I'm not allowed to do it on my show, so somebody's got to do it. That's fair. Yeah, I do like that you guys kind of keep it politics-free for the most part. Yeah, we try to anyway. Obviously. Amy would get real mad if we didn't, I think. She doesn't like to talk about politics. Yeah, that's fair. Especially when you're trying to have fun, because I know it can be a huge stressor for some people. Yeah, and we'll get Kitty riled up, and she'll start yelling at everyone. (laughs) I would actually like to to hear that. You should have heard us around the presidential election, man. Our group chat was something else. Oh, my God. Anytime we paused in recording, there would be a lot of yelling. That's really funny. I mean, it's ridiculous, because we're all on the same side, but we still argue about things. Eddie likes to play devil's advocate and get Kitty riled up. <laughs> it's annoyed that we're talking about it at all. You know. That's really funny. I really yeah. like it when Kitty gets angry. I just Me think it's too. funny. It's so easy to get her <laughs> Oh, they're great. Yeah, I really enjoy listening to your podcast and I do recommend it to a lot of people because hey. yeah, because like I think it's one of the best horror podcasts, if not the best horror podcast, that I've listened to because of what you stated previously in the show, um, that it's intelligent, it's informative, it's good discussion, but you guys have a great sense of humor. You guys have such a good uh, camaraderie with each other because you guys are friends. Yeah, thank you. You know, we, we mostly became friends. I was friends with Jamie, but... I mostly became friends with Karen and Eddie through the show, so it's been really fun for us. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's been fun for me. I suppose I can't speak for them. I think they enjoy it. <laughs> I hope they enjoy it. No, I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, I do. I listen to you guys all the time. Um, Ed Eddie on here for the when we did the witch. Yes, that was a lot of fun. That's great. Eddie will talk about the witch any day. Yeah, and he did. We talked about it quite a lot. It's awesome. Yeah. Going back into horror movies, what are, and I don't know how long, how much time you've got left. Well, my cats are frisking on either side of the door, so probably not too much or else they're going to, you can't hear them, can you? No. Oh, and right on cue, they're making noise. Okay. Get out of here. I heard them. Well, that's okay. We can do, um, what were you going to ask? Uh, I was going to ask, um, why don't we start rounding this out, and we can um, have a light discussion of our favorite horror movies. I know I talked about Martyrs, but I'd love to hear some of yours. My favorites. Well, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's one of my very favorites. I think that the 70s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is great. Aforementioned... uh, 70s movies, well, they're, they're going to make up most of my list of any kind of genre, probably. But I love that one. I love the 50s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, too. I think they're both really scary. And don't look now, like I said. As far as modern things go, I think my favorite modern horror movie is probably The Babadook. The more I think about it, and I love The Witch, but the more I think about The Babadook, the more I feel like it's really a perfectly made film. And I know a lot of people don't like it because of the sun being irritating, but that's kind of the point. That is the to be. absolute point of that movie. Right. If he wasn't, we would just pity him too much. I pity him anyway. Yeah. But, you know, 
I think that's a, it's a really perfectly made, like every note is right, you know, and I feel like something like Rosemary's Baby is a good example of an older movie that is, every note is completely right. So I think that might be, Rosemary's Baby might be my favorite old school horror movie, and maybe The Babadook's my favorite new school. Yeah, I definitely agree with Rosemary's Baby. I actually just watched that movie for the first time last year. Man, it's so good. There's so many great things you'll notice when you watch it, you know, multiple times. So much more that you'll pick up, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to watch it again. I actually have it. Because while I'm at my hotel enjoying Halloween Horror Nights, I'm just, when I'm, whenever I'm back there, I'm just going to watch horror movies. Wow, what a fun time. Um, I'm thinking about making this a yearly tradition where I just go on a Halloween vacation. I think that's great. I've been wanting to go. I wanted to go last year really bad to Universal. This year I didn't want to go as much until I heard about the poltergeist house, but it was then too late. Yeah, um, I think I might go every year. Just because I think it's, and it definitely depends, but I like going to Disney and Universal a lot, so I might just, mm-hmm. you know, take a week off and do both. Yeah, make it your, your yearly tradition. Yeah. Shoot, if you go down there, you gotta, you gotta see HP World. Oh yeah, that's, that's why I go to Universal so much. Yeah, it's the only reason I've been there, been there twice in the past, I don't know how many years. I've been there. I had to go when they opened the first part, and when they opened the second part, I had to go back. Yeah. When they expanded again with all of the Fantastic Beast stuff, I will go back again. They're opening a new ride next year. Are they? Yeah. But I'm, oh, man. I'm not sure it's Fantastic Beasts. Whatever it is, if it's in the HP universe, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Um, that's why I want to go back next year to Halloween Horror Nights is because it, uh, I believe the new Harry Potter stuff will be open at that time. Oh, shit. Well, I may have to go, too. Yeah, and the parks are, like, um, I, th- I think it's opening at Island of Adventure, and the parks are, Island of Adventure is virtually deserted while Halloween Horror Nights is going on. Is it? So you could probably just ride everything a million times. Yeah. Well, I go by myself, so last time I rode single rider whenever I could, and I rode um, Forbidden Journey like five times. I don't know why, even if you were with people, you wouldn't do single rider. Because you, you're not going to talk to them on the ride anyway. You know, if it's the first time you've gone on the ride, fine. Wait in line, sit next to the person or whatever. But otherwise, who cares? It's all about quantity, man. I want to go on. I want to go on that ride like five times. Yeah, and that's exactly me. And, like, I love roller coasters, I love adventure stuff, so I'll go on stuff, like, a billion times. Heck yeah. I'm a big chicken, and I'm scared of roller coasters, but the Harry Potter stuff is mild enough that I'm into it. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I had a good it sure time. is. I like the, um, I like the one they have in Diagon Alley as well, the Gringotts one. Oh, yeah. I know people don't like that as much, but I really like it. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to top the first ride. That's a really cool ride. Yeah. But, I mean, going through Gringotts and seeing the goblins and stuff is cool in itself. Yeah. And, uh, we can round this out just one more time since we're on the topic of Harry Potter. You are sure. a huge Harry Potter fan. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. You wanna talk? And a late in life Harry Potter fan. Yeah. I didn't read them when they were coming out. 
I didn't read them until I didn't start reading them until I think the the sixth movie was already out when I started reading them. I was well grown, and I read them all this one summer when I first moved to Michigan. So I didn't have any friends yet, and I fell in love with them. And then I listened to them on audio book. I listened to the um, Stephen Fry narrated audiobooks. And that's my favorite way to consume Harry Potter. I've listened to them so many times now. Like we drove down to Florida a couple of times and I listened to them down and back. And it's a rough drive from Michigan, but I didn't even care. I enjoyed it because I was listening to the books. I was sad when we would get out of the car at night to stay in a hotel because I wanted to listen more. Aww. I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. Yeah, I love Harry Potter. Uh, me and Kat do a Harry Potter podcast. However, like, I thought I wanted to come out every month. However, like, me and Kat have so many sporadic schedules because she works in uh, food service and I work in customer service. So we have very different schedules. Sure. And our schedules are never consistent. No, well, that's tough. So we try and get them done as much as possible. Well, there's always something to talk about with Harry Potter, especially with the Fantastic Beast stuff coming out. Yeah, I'm more than excited for the new movie. I'm excited too. Cautiously optimistic and excited. I liked the first one. I didn't think I would, but I did. Yeah, I was very, I surprised myself, even though I hate Eddie Redmayne, with <laughs> really liking it and thinking it was just delightful. So that's why I'm optimistic now, even though Johnny Depp is gross. Yeah, I'm sad about that. Yeah. But, you know, he used to be a good actor. He might still be. He might I'm not sure. Yeah, he might still be underneath that. But, you know, and I was totally psyched out. I think was this was when I first started listening to you guys. Uh, you did the Fantastic Beast movie. Yes. Please tell me you're going to do the sequel. <laughs> I will, if they want to do it. I mean, we're all going to go see it, so we might as well, right? Yeah, I totally support Nobody that. wrote in and, like, complained, like, why'd you guys do that, so. I think people will live. Yeah, I think they'll probably live. Yeah. They could skip it if they hate it. Yeah. Oh, but I would really be interested in hearing that, because I really enjoyed the first one. You guys did. Well, great. We'll have to do it now. Yeah. And you have to do the uh halloween horror nights recap yeah i'm doing that one of my co-hosts joe knows somebody who works there so i'm going to talk about it with them oh excellent so i'm not sure when that will come out but i'll, I'll try my damnedest to get it out as soon as possible good i'll be waiting for it all right and on that note amy it's been so much fun talking with you Oh, likewise, dude. It was my pleasure. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome on the show anytime. Great, I'll take you up on that. All right, but for all the people at home listening, uh, where can they find you? Well, you can find us at thebloodlust.net if you want. That's our website. Or you can find us on any kind of podcast listening device. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc., etc., Awesome. So, once again, Amy, thank you so much. You're every, welcome. Every, My pleasure, man. Everyone listen to The Bloodlust. It's magical. Yeah, magical. 
Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You can find more of us on extraunordinary.com. We're on Twitter, T-E-U Podcast. Instagram, The Extra Unordinary. I know they don't match, but that's because I don't plan in advance. So once again, thank you for listening, and keep it extra and unordinary.